Thanks for listening, Unplugged Army. I'm Louis Unga, General Manager at Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. We're proud to present Doug Franz Unplugged. Four minute offense. Four minute offense. Four minutes. Four minute offense. Four minute offense. Everything you know in sports that affects Maricopa County, the state of Arizona, and the world you get in four minutes. We start things off in Tempe, Arizona. Arizona Coyotes, a loser 4-1 to to the LA Kings. You won't believe me after a 4-1 to beatdown, but they didn't really play that bad. Key moment of the game was a four-minute double minor that the Coyotes could hardly score while they didn't score on. We could hardly get a shot on. Connor Ingram couldn't stop two breakaway goals. They fell down 2 to nothing. Andre Turney, not that upset. Here is fair, fair amount of shot or traction around the net, but we had to work really hard to get that going. I think we, they were a fortunate and we were not. A lot of close chances. They weren't able to poke it in is basically what he said. Currently, three-way tie for the last playoff spot. One point behind St. Louis. And they take on the Blues coming up at home tomorrow night. All right, who misses DeAndre Ayton? Okay, not me. Here's something that'll shock you. DeAndre Ayton is now ranked 104th in scoring in the NBA. That's behind great scorers Franz Wagner, Denny Avdija, Avdija, actually, I think, and Grayson Allen. Yes, Grayson Allen scores more points than DeAndre Ayton. Suns, home against Portland, tonight at 7 o'clock, and yes, it is an in-season tournament game. Bad news for the linebacking core. Kaiser White, done. Yeah, Kaiser is going to go on IR. Um, bicep. And then, um, which is, I think he played, I don't know, five or six plays with a torn bicep. Gamer. Played in an NFL game, five snaps with one arm. Oh, my goodness. That is Kaiser wife. Cards are at home on Sunday. They take on the Rams in Glendale at 2.05. ASU trying to get fired up for the Territorial Cup. Kenny Dillingham played a video that explained the rivalry going back to the Tempe normal days. Wow. And this is the end of the season for the uh, Devils because there's no bowl trip for them because Ray Anderson didn't want to go to a bowl game and because ASU has stunk this year. Kenny, what do you think of the U of A quarterback ever since they made the change? Their quarterback is playing at a high level. Uh, they have a wide ra- a wide receiver who's two wide receivers, but that are first round, top two to three round draft picks. As you know, kickoff is at 1.30. Now for the other side. U of A's got a different focus. They got a bowl game coming up, and they might have a Pac-12 championship game coming up as well. Jed Fish, what's a different focus since this isn't your last game? Guys were getting kicked out of the game. Guys were suspended for the first half of the next game. Guys were for the first game. But, you know, now we've, we've got another game to play. So he wants more focus in this one to get kickoff. 1.30 Saturday. NAU fired my friend. Not happy about that. Chris Ball went five and six, three and eight, five and six, but five and three in conference this year, and he got fired. 
how to react. USMNT lost 2-1 to one to Trinidad and Tobago, and Serginho Des took a terrible red card. Oh, and uh, let's just do it finally, if you could skip all the way ahead. Now, this one's a little strange. There's a man in Australia that he sees a snake and decides that's a python which you might not know, pythons are not venomous. So he decides, I'm going to take the python home to show my kids. Oh, how brilliant is that? Well, he finds out it was not a python. It's called a broadhead venomous snake. And yes, he bit dad in the hand. Dad thought, I'm all right. Until the hand swelled bigger than his face and he started vomiting profusely. He went to the hotel, or the hotel, the hospital, found out he was wrong, and don't worry, they were able to save him. The hand should be usable in the next couple days. Jackpot Unplugged Army, I feel like a true commander-in-chief to be able to give you such an unprecedented savings. Go to Unplugged at Whirlwind.com and check out the new membership club from Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Whirlwind Plus. Here's what you get. You sign up for a tee time anytime between now and five days from now, and you can save anywhere from a minimum of 30% up to 60% off plus 15% off at Civlik, the restaurant, and another 15% off in the pro shop. I'm telling you, you walk into the pro shop, get bowls, a shirt, and a hat, you walk over for happy hour with your wife, you might pay for your monthly membership right then and there. It's $34 a month, cancel anytime, or if you want to save even more, because that equals out to a little more than $400, you can get it for only $299 a year. Whirlwind Plus at Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Go to unpluggedworldwind.com and feel the wind. I'm Janelle, General Manager of Bell's Nashville Kitchen, a.k.a. The Whiskey Wizard. Bell's isn't your typical country bar with mediocre bar food. We are a scratch kitchen with chef-inspired dishes in the only place you can get the best sandwich in all of Arizona, our Nashville hot chicken sandwich. Now, the drinks. I spend days infusing our own whiskey creations. Come in for Whiskey Wednesdays to learn about and drink our famous whiskey selection. We have live music most days and all weekend as part of our Honky Tonk Brunch. Bell's Nashville Kitchen on Main Street in Old Town Scottsdale. You found home, down home. What What happened there in the four-minute offense? I mean, I was terrible. I thought I had an internal clock in my head. I feel awake, but why does it suddenly feel like a two Mountain Dew day when I've only got one? Ah! Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whatever it is that you've decided to make Doug Franz unplugged a part of your day, my family greatly appreciates it. My name is Doug Franz, and you have found the only podcast and TV show in the world totally devoted to the coverage of the four major sports franchises of one great American city that drops on your phone and television every weekday morning. We also cover ASU, UF. Really? Really? I mean, do you remember that comment I made yesterday? Earn your turkey, fight through the week, don't check out mentally, let's go, unplugged army. 
What is happening? <laughs> oh my gosh. I stink. Maybe we need to get Mountain Dew on tap as well. Yeah, it's not. This usually, I know. Like, usually at about 5 15, 5 30 in the morning, what'll happen is like there'll be a name I can't remember. And it's like, what's going on? And I know, okay, it's a two Mountain Dew day. I just got to get things fired up. I got I to gotta get stuff firing in my own head. And I know. Today, I had no idea that I was lost. No idea. And I have just, wow, butchered two things back to back. I butchered something while I was making fun of myself for butchering something. That's, that's not good. The only thing dumber would be taking a snake home to show the kids. That's, yeah. that's, all, that's about it. Hi. How are you? Why do I keep rustling the same one sheet of paper? I, like, there's something going on mentally right now. Like, I, th- there's an out-of-body experience where we're all looking at me laughing, me included, and I can't figure out what's, uh, why things aren't firing in a, in a normal way. Maybe I am Serginio Dest or something. Uh, this is – I should have asked for this, uh, and I didn't. I didn't tell Izzy or Jeff we were production about this at all, but I'm still upset. Like, I – I don't know how many of you care about the U.S. men's national team, but yesterday was a busy day for show prep. Granted, a lot of it was self-inflicted, stuff I don't need to know until later on in the year. I love the Maui Invitational. I've been to one of them. I've been to Maui three times. I love the Maui Invitational. Now, what's strange is this year's Maui Invitational is not in Maui, but I love it. And this year, they have the number one team in the country, the number two team in the country, the number four team in the country, the number seven team in the country, the number 11 team in the country, and an above-average UCLA team. That's all who is in the tournament. So I watched all of the games of the um, Maui Invitational yesterday except Kansas versus Chaminade. Chaminade is an Oahu Division II school in the heart of Honolulu. So I, I, don't, I don't care. Even when I went to the Maui Invitational, I went to every game that Chaminade didn't play in. I'm like, okay, I'm going to enjoy beach time and lava flows and stuff like that. I'm not going to mess. Or Lahaina, which is my favorite place on earth, uh, sadly. God bless everybody in Lahaina. Um, but th- that is something that I-, I don't care about watching Chaminade. So I watched all of those games last night. I watched an amazing UConn performance last night. I watched Chiefs Eagles last night, and I watched the uh, Coyotes last night. So there's a lot. There was a lot going on to watch. That the last thing should have been the U.S. Men's National Team. But I I, I love soccer. I'm an American. I want to see how they play. And they have a guy named Serginio Dest who was upset about the officiating. And he just grabbed the ball. And the idiot just punted it into the crowd for no reason. Just, just boom. Just picked it up, punted it into the crowd. Bam, yellow. Then after the yellow, before anything happened, before more action, he wouldn't shut up yelling at the referees. So after he's already gotten a yellow, he's there blabbing on and on. He's got every teammate in the world pushing him away from the referees, trying to get him to be quiet. He keeps going, gets red carded. Now the U.S. is down. And if you don't know this in soccer, when you get a red card, you're not allowed to replace that guy. So imagine playing an entire NFL game with one less receiver. Like you've only, you're never allowed to have, not only can you not play that guy, but you've got to play 10 men the rest of the game. 
And that's what happens in soccer. So they lose two to one, but the way this tournament that they're in works is you play a home and home, and then they add the scores together. So the U.S. won the, the event in aggregate, but lost the game two to one. And it's just, what a jerk. I, I mean, to be that self-absorbed that you don't care about your teammates to the point of I'm going to get myself thrown out of a game knowing my position can't even be replaced. And now I feel like just going off like him. I want to punt a soccer ball in, <laughs> into the ceiling <laughs> just for my, uh, my, my own ignorance. Oh, my gosh. Okay, today, a couple things that you need to know about as a member of the Unplugged Army, if you're still with me and you didn't bail after, my, after I embarrassed myself. Number one, I have uh, the, the lunch today. I have a lunch at 100 Mile Brewing Company. Uh, very excited for this lunch because this is the lunch with someone I don't know. Uh, who found my number and reached out to me. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, we can go. We can go eat lunch. So I have lunch at noon with I don't know who. And uh, I've never done that before in my life. So I'm kind of entertained to see how this works out. Then I'm hanging out afterwards. And at 2 o'clock, we are filming a commercial because 100 Mile Brewing Company is going to be a new advertiser starting in December. I, if you want to be a part of a TV commercial stop by stop by uh, i'd love to have a beer with you at two o'clock and we'll film people having beer and and uh, and have a good time 100 mile brewing company is located right where right in tempe where rural scottsdale and the 202 all come together the easiest way for me to describe it is when you get off the 202 turn immediately into Macayos. But don't stop at Macayo's. Then there's a hotel. The brewery is not in the hotel. Keep on driving past the hotel. So you're going to get there. And then if this makes sense, you're going westbound through a parking lot. Yes, I know that sounds weird. But if you don't listen to that specifically, you'll have no idea what you're doing. It's very strange to get in there. But get off the 202, go southbound onto Rural, and immediately turn right into Macayos, go westbound through the parking lot, past the hotel, and then, hey, 100 Mile Brewing Company, when you see the cornhole boards, that you'll know you're there. If you are actually headed, for some strange reason, like from campus, and you're headed northbound on rural, don't go to the 202. You've gone too far. There's no way to turn left in the Macayos. You've got to turn left at the traffic light before the 202, and then you've got to like turn left and go into that nice new little shopping center there on the lake uh, on Tempe Town Lake but then once you hit the dead end turn right and keep going until you see a white building and you've got to earn it or or just kind of park anywhere and walk around and hope you don't get a ticket I don't know but that's 100 mile brewing company two o'clock commercial filming love to have a beer with you number two let me make sure I have the Saturday correct uh there it is December 9th, Saturday, December 9th is the Unplugged Army Christmas. Saturday, December 9th. I want to let everybody know about that. It is a tradition for the Unplugged Army that every December we get together for a Christmas party. With Christmas being on a Monday this year, it kind of screws with the weekends because there's really only on a Saturday the 2nd, 9th, and 16th, and I figured the 16th was too close. Now, here's how Christmas parties, the Christmas party works for the Unplugged Army. Number one, we always will go to Bell's Nashville Kitchen to honor the fact that they were the first ever sponsor of Doug Franz Unplugged. So we're going to be there. 
Now, this is going to sound strange. The party gets underway at 4 o'clock. Why 4 o'clock? I want to be there for no matter where you are in the circle of life of a Christmas party. If you've already got a Christmas party to go to, this is a sanctioned event, so I expect you to come. What you do is you stop by Scottsdale, and you come by us first before your Christmas party on December 9th. Stop by, have a beer, have a couple beers, maybe get an appetizer, whatever you want, then move on to your Christmas party. If you've got a Christmas party to go to, go to your Christmas party, and you know me well enough to know I'll still be there at Bell's. So don't say, well, you know, my Christmas party. No, you stop by on your way home. And then, on top of it, if... You don't have a Christmas party to you go to go to. Hey, come by and eat dinner and join us at Bell's Nashville Kitchen. So with me getting there at four o'clock, there's no reason why you don't have time to stop by or stay one or the other. December 9th from four o'clock until whenever. And uh, and I, I think we're going to make intern McKenna drive me home because I will be there for quite a while. So be a part of it. Make sure you write it down. Unplugged Army Christmas. December 9th. I will be there at 4 o'clock. You get there whenever you want. If you're a little afraid that the timing doesn't work, get there at 3 o'clock with a couple buddies and know I'll be there at 4. And then I'll have a beer with you before you go. Well, there's a way to make it work. That, that's the uh, expectation. Sanctioned event. I expect to see you there to say, uh, and, and plus, I don't know how I did this, but I have prizes. A lot of them are from General Tom. General Tom gave me a bunch of Diamondbacks gear, and other people have just handed me stuff over the years. So I'm going to be bringing prizes with me for you to have an opportunity to uh, to win, and I'll explain. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'll explain that when we get there. I'll figure it out when I get there. Can so, I bring my daughter? Absolutely. Is she allowed to be in that? Yes, okay. yes. Bell's is still a, it's a, it's a family restaurant with a great bar. But yes, she and, and they're not one of those places where they hit a uh, – like a, a time frame where you have to kick kids out. The only rule for kids is they're not allowed to sit at the bar. But other than that, they, they're welcome in the bar. Does that make sense? It does. Good. Well, that's awesome of you to ask that question. So that's a Saturday, December 9th. I'll be there at 4 o'clock. I'll be there the whole time. I probably won't eat until like 7 or something like that just to walk around and everything. And, uh, and we, we take over the back. So if you want to walk in and sit by the music, you just wave at us and then sit up front by the music. But uh, we sit in the, uh, in the very back, probably by design. <laughs> Mikey's probably thinking, oh, yeah, we want you guys here, but why don't, you, why, don't you stay, uh, why don't you stay over there? So please come by on December 9th, 4 o'clock, or any time after. I think that's all that's going on in my life. Anything going on in, in your world, Jeff Weir Production? Not a thing. All right, all right, just a second. All right. Let's roll. Doug's Big One. Doug's Big One today. I think that you have, if you've listened to this show for any amount of time, all I have done is compliment Jed Fish, compliment Jed Fish, compliment Jed Fish. Okay? I like Jed Fish a lot. I think he's a fantastic coach. And I'm sorry, U of A, I'm not trying to insult you. I don't think that you, you deserve him anymore. I, I don't. That's like, I'm not trying to be a jerk, even though, boy, Doug, that sounded like a jerk. But I look at SEC schools. I look at the Big Ten. I, not all the Big Ten. I look at schools that sell out every game. I look at schools that care about football. And I say, that's where Jed Fish belongs. And 
yet, you know, maybe you're going to sign him to a contract extension. I would have done it already. If I'm the athletic director, that deal is done. That's done. And I don't know why you're screwing around not getting it done. Now that you have that setup of how much I like Jed Fish, he said something yesterday that to me is so cheeseball. I just, as soon as I heard it, I thought, cheese ball. Okay, see if you pick up on where I throw cheese balls at Jed Fish. Yes and yes, uh, but I don't worry about, I guess I should say yes, um, our guys understand the significance of that game. Um, I told our team yesterday we're Pac-12 South champions. Um, they just decided to change the rules of the Pac-12 championship game a year ago. But um, if you look at it, you know, we clinched it. We clinched the Pac-12 South. Um, so our guys understand that they had a, that's a nice, that's a nice little feather in their cap. And um, to be, to finish um, going into week 11, to finish ahead of the other programs, uh, regardless of the outcome of the final week. Um, the second part of it is uh, there's no concern at all in my mind about the emotions of our team for this game. Uh, we are playing our bitter rival, and it is a duel in the desert. It is two teams in the state of Arizona going at it, and I have no concern that no matter what happens on Friday night between the two Oregon schools, uh, that our play will be any different at 1.30 p.m. on Saturday. Number one, mistake number three by me. I did a poor job of setting up that question. The specific question to him was whether or not he's talked to his team about the Oregon-Oregon State game and whether or not they're going to keep an eye. You know, how, how's that emotions? Are, are they going to be able to keep their emotions in check? Because obviously if Oregon State wins Friday night, that puts more hype on the uh, Territorial Cup than it's been in years since, uh, I think since ASU went to the uh, Pac-12 championship game. And at the same time, they, if they lose or if Oregon wins, suddenly there's that drop in emotions Friday night, knowing this game is, is for the cup, but it's not for any position in the standings. Your season's over other than going to a bowl game. And his point was, yes, we've talked about it. Yes, we're going to be paying attention to it. Yes, we know the ramifications of an Oregon State loss or, or of an Oregon State win. But if Oregon State loses, so what? It's not going to change our focus for a bitter rival. Okay. All of that's wonderful. But when he said, I told our team we're the Pac-12 South champions. Cheese ball. Okay. It's a nice feather in our cap. There is no Pac-12 South feather. There's no such thing as the Pac-12 South. None. Is it a cheesy rule? I do. I don't like the rule. I believe in divisions. I think it's wrong to eliminate the divisions. And the reason why I say that is I realize it's easy to have a repeat in the Pac-12 championship game. That can happen between two divisions. And it has happened between two divisions. I remember the former athletic director of Arizona State not knowing how to take it when we were having a beer one time in Palo Alto with another man by the name of Gene Boyd. And the three of us are having a beer talking and the athletic director says, Doug, what's going to happen against Stanford? 
And I said, I got some good news and bad news for you. What's the bad news? You're going to lose tomorrow. And he's mad. It's not my job to run your football team. Okay? You asked me the question. You're the sideline guy. You've got, no, I don't. I don't have to believe anything. I have to say the truth all the time. So the bad news is you're going to lose. The good news is you're going to lose twice. (laughs) And I meant that as in, I thought ASU was going to win the Pac-12 South. And they were going to lose to Stanford on the road. And they're going to lose to Stanford at home in the Pac-12 championship game. And I did, the look on his face was very strange because you could see the, the mind turning of, hey, we're going to make some money hosting a Pac-12 championship game. And at the same time, it was frustration that here's the sideline guy saying, you're going to lose twice to the same team. Okay? But that's who I am. Don't ask me a question that you don't want the, the honest answer to. doesn't mean I won't be wrong. There's going to be plenty of times I say something that's just plain wrong. But I'm going to give you my honest answer. Okay, there is no Pac-12 South now. Do I think there should be? Yes, I do. Okay, Oregon had their chance at UW, didn't get it done. So I don't need to see UW Oregon again. But they changed the rule. Pac-12 went all in and changed that rule. So Jedfish, there is no Pac-12 South. You are not the Pac-12 South champions. You did not get a feather in your cap for being the Pac-12 South champions. It's no different than the ignorance of Central Florida putting up a national championship banner because they went undefeated and weren't invited to a playoff. Okay? The rules were set. That's what it was. So don't tell me, well, we're actually the champions. You're nothing. You're an undefeated team that didn't play for a championship. Don't cry about it. That's it. Because you didn't play in a playoff or in a championship game against a high-caliber team. Is it fair? No. Suck it up. So U of A, is it fair that there's no more Pac-12 South? Not really. Yeah, it's actually fair, but it's dumb. There should be a Pac-12 South. You should be playing this weekend for the right to go to the Pac-12 championship game. I'm actually rooting for Oregon State for you. Now, in the game on Saturday, I'm rooting for ASU. But for you, I think you've earned the right to play for it. I hope you get that chance. How It doesn't change one thing, though. You are not Pac-12 South champions. And Jed Fish, Doug's big one today, is that was cheese ball. Cheese ball. Thank you. Just <laughs> Hey, we won. Would you win? Well, it doesn't exist, but we won it. All right. Why do we all make up rules like that? I mean, have you ever thought of doing that? Walk in today with some kind of crown or or one of those cheesy uh, sashes like Miss America has. Just walk into work today with, with one of those things. Dad of the year. You know, just walk in. Well, how'd you win dad of the year? I didn't. I just... I'm tired of it. My neighbor's a better dad than I am, and I'm sick of it. So I, I, I declared myself dad of the year. There you go. Take that, Art. It's my neighbor. Very nice man. Very nice man. Good handyman. I'm always jealous of a handyman because I'm the type of person that, the, the, like, I struggle to get something right for a little while, and then I get frustrated, and then I break it. So, like, I can't get this. I, I Like, I'm the type where I'm trying to open the pickle jar, and I can't open the pickle jar. So then finally I get fired up and I, and I you know, open the pickle jar and now I spill the pickle juice everywhere. 
You know, things like that. I can't get this screw out. I can't. It's, it's ah, it's tripping the thing. And then finally, I, I I end up shoving the screwdriver all the way through the, the the wall. You know, I once built a birdhouse in shop, and the fair housing co- committee condemned it. You know, it's just stuff like that. All right, coming up next. Today's going to be a strange show. Does anybody else feel that way? I don't know what's going to happen in the next hour and a half. I have no idea what's going to happen. I'm sure it'll be entertaining, and I'm sure I'm going to regret it at the same time. Coming up next, let's talk Cardinals. They got their game against the Rams, and the head coach actually opened up and said some things this week. And we got Town Hall Tuesday today. Who knows how that's going to go? It's Doug Fraud's Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass on WTSFTV.com. I'm a professional! So in the Franz household, we have an air conditioning unit, an air scrubber, a reverse osmosis system, and a tankless water heater all purchased from Parker & Sons. Why? Well, number one, because we trust them. We got to know Parker & Sons about six months into living in Phoenix, and they've showed up on time, got it right the first time, and treated us great every single time. So why would we go anywhere else? The other thing I like is some of the products have even saved us money. The reverse osmosis system gives us bottle quality water from a tap. And then the tankless water heater, I can't even imagine how much money it has saved us. We never run out of hot water, even on holidays when people are coming in to visit. And it doesn't heat up water and then just let it sit in a tank. It only heats it up as we use it. So we only use the electricity when we need it. And our air scrubber takes allergens and bacteria out of the air, which has just been a dream for my wife and my youngest daughter, who have some pretty heavy allergies. Call 6022-REPAIR to learn about these products. That's 602, the number two, that R-E-P-A-I-R for Parker & Sons. Rosati Sports Pub in Chandler. It's on Ray and McQueen. Sounds like a sports bar. What's the difference? You walk in and they actually have games on TV with the sound on. How many times do you walk into a supposed sports bar and they've got loud music on or somebody playing live or some kind of trivia game going on and you're there to watch the game? If you're like me, a simple guy, give me my pizza, give me my wings, give me my cold beer and make sure I can hear the Suns and D-backs, then you want Rosati Sports Pub and Chandler. All members of the Unplugged Army, welcome. Rosati Sports Pub, give me the game. Sometimes when the plane's on fire and you're headed into the ocean, you just got to laugh. <laughs> That's just, hey, what are you going to do? I don't know. I, you know who I am today? I'm a Kansas City Chiefs receiver. That's who I am today. I, I could not believe last night. I'm going to talk about Cardinals in a second. If I saw a stat, a, two stats today that just punched me right in the face. Number one, the Kansas City Chiefs lead the league in drops. I didn't know that. That If you watched the game last night, it was crazy how many drop passes the Chiefs had. And I just thought, okay, you had a bad game. And then I saw that stat, but this has been going on all year. And I've seen most of the Chiefs games. I was really surprised to learn that they lead the league at drops. That's stat number one. And then stat number two. And I, You know what, Jeff Weir Production, I'm just going to stick it to you right now. Without looking at all, do you think Cleveland and Jacksonville, the Browns and the Jaguars, do you think they're good teams? 
Cleveland, yes. Okay. Jacksonville, no. Okay. Now, this is when you get punched in the face. Okay. Cleveland, Jacksonville, and the Chiefs all have the same record at 7-3. and three, And in ranking points scored, Chiefs would be third among those three teams. The Browns, mm. who don't know who their quarterback is from week to week, and the Jaguars have both the same record as the Chiefs, and they score more points than the Chiefs. What is going on with the Chiefs? I mean, the most drops of anybody. And yet, they for, for a long time, they were winning. Like, they lost for a while, then the Taylor Swift thing happened, and then they were winning with Swifty, and then now... When Taylor Swift has stopped coming because she decides to go to work every now and then. I mean, hey, get a job, woman. Then, ever since, she's decided to run around South America. Now the Chiefs are struggling again. That's just, it's Jacksonville. Quote, unquote, better team than the Chiefs right now. That doesn't make uh, a lot of sense. Let's do Cardinals. Uh, It was interesting. Jed Fish usually has these... 10 second answers and he actually opened up about a couple things one of the things what'd you say i think you said jet fish oh my gosh are you kidding (laughs) like yesterday when i tried to say that debo samuel is a wide receiver for uh well he is see i can't even get my (laughs) screw-ups right this is what is going on Am I having a stroke or something? I think Izzy put something in the water he brought in. Yeah. You know, scratch that for the longer. I'm sure somebody would take offense to that because I'm not trying to. I mean, hey, strokes are pretty serious. You get a stroke, get yourself to the hospital. Please don't drive to the hospital. Call 911. But I cannot believe how I keep screwing up. So yesterday, if you didn't see yesterday's uh, show, I blanked on Debo Samuel's name and then tried to go through the receiving core and I and I put um, Dabo Sweeney, the Clemson <laughs> head coach, on San Francisco's team. Uh, by the way, there's a story that Kevin Guy will never tell out loud about uh, Dabo Sweeney. So if, if you're ever at a post-game event with the Rattlers, say, hey, coach, do you, do you know Dabo Sweeney? And see if you can get him to tell the story. He told me, don't tell anybody that story. I said, okay, well, I'm not telling you the story. I'm just telling you that I know a story about the two of them. So they're, therefore, I'm, I'm free and clear on that. And then now I've got Jed Fish coaching in Tucson and Glendale at the same time. So I'm, I'm, I'm rolling. I am rolling. What else can I do in the next 123 of the show? All right. Here is uh, Jonathan Gannon. And I, I, this was funny. I, I have the idea. I don't know if this is true or not. I'm totally making this up, but I felt like it in this time. A lot of the members of the media love it with Jonathan Gannon when you ask a question and then he knows everybody's name at the press conferences and he then says, good question, so-and-so. And And, uh, I think people strive to get that. Well, I'm starting to get the feeling the the Cardinals have two people that are in-house media. So every it's not a blast on the Cardinals. It's a blast on the NFL. Every NFL team does this. Every NFL team has decided they don't like the coverage they're getting from local media because it's normally unbiased. So they want biased coverage of their team to write things that might be true. Like if the defense played bad, you know, talk about why they struggle, but don't get upset about it or don't dig too deep. Just go surface level or just describe what the coaches talked about. What were the struggles? 
but don't go deeper than that. And I wonder if in-house media, in order to be kind, actually gives their questions ahead of time or if they're told, ask this question. Because if you're in-house media and you're asking a question, that takes up time from regular media to be able to ask harder questions. And some of the questions are so cheeseball, I was wondering if that is what's going on. I don't know. I, again, I'm speculating, but I kind of got that feeling in this press conference. Well, one of the questions was, what really happens in second half adjustments? You gave up 21 points in the first half. You, did, you, you didn't give up anything in the second, or three touchdowns, and you didn't give up anything in the second half. You were a lot better off. Were there massive adjustments? Is it more refining the points that were already made? What really goes on in those 10 to 12 minutes? Each game's different, good question. Um, you know, sometimes you adjust calls, sometimes you have um, two plans. I'm not going to get into that. You can ask Nick about that. Um, you know, every game sets up a little bit different. Truthfully, he, he mixed in some different calls there, but a lot of it's just reminding them of, you know, execution-wise, leverages, where we got to be, the proper calls, communication, all that stuff. And, and um, you know, just reminding them what's important, you know. Kind of re- we use halftime on the entire team to kind of reset where we're at. Here's where we're at. Here's what we have to do better. Here's some calls that are going to come up that we're going to use. And um, it's always going to come down to, you know, execution. So there's always that each game is a little bit different with how that goes. I like the answer. And this is important. Um this has happened to me in, in real life, so I totally understand it was happening to players. There have been times, you know, this is funny. There was actually a meeting I had with the Cardinals. At the beginning of my relationship with the Cardinals, they hated me. And so there's this big meeting one time to decide if the Cardinals are going to like me or not. And it's with a bunch of Cardinals and it's with my boss. And full disclosure i blew it okay the the boss man set up the meeting for me and said hey i want you to do this i want you to do this i want you to do this and they wanted me to do basically be a good little soldier and act like everything's my fault and i'm a terrible person and i didn't listen to that because i thought that's a joke you know and i didn't want to say at the time that really the boss man was just as much at fault for the relationship as i was but the boss man intentionally wanted to throw me under the bus and i didn't like that so i was you know pretty bent out of shape but one thing i didn't understand that my boss totally understood is when i went into that meeting i had no idea just how bad the cardinals hated me i mean i had never dealt with that in my career Royals and Chiefs liked me uh, when I was in Kansas City. The, uh, the, at the time, the team was called the Kansas City Wizards. They're now sporting KC. They liked me when I was in Alabama. Everybody seemed to like me. Uh, yeah, I mean, I never dealt with actual team anger, team wanting me out of the picture, team wanting me either fired or away from their organization, things like that. I'd never dealt with that before. And I got... I got a little defensive, and and I didn't take it. And I was supposed to go in there and just take it. And I didn't take it. And I could have been a little more conciliatory, whatever that word means, and I wasn't. So the reason why I'm, I'm telling you that is I know what it's like when you are told this is the plan. 
But until you actually see it, you don't get it. You think you understand, but you don't get it. And what Jonathan Gannon's talking about is you're sitting there, and I've described this route to you. I've described this formation to you. I've explained when this happens, this is going to happen. I've set you up for success. But you, once the play gets going, you're not executing anything we went over. But somehow, for some people, the way they learn, you kind of got to screw it up in order to get it. And that's probably what happened in the first half. Poor half defensively, outstanding second half. There's zero you could have asked for more from the Arizona Cardinals defensively in the second half. That's why I talked about yesterday, you know, there's no games for the Cardinals that are must win because they're not good enough to be a must win. But if there's ever such a thing as a must win game after it starts, once the defense is playing like that, and we talked about it yesterday, but three turnovers, one missed field goal, and one turnover on downs. You get five different stops like that in, in as a defense. Your, your uh, offense has to win that game, and they didn't. So that's kind of what made it must win because of how well your defense played. Well, that's what happens at halftime is the reminder, hey, we've went over this. Yep, okay, now I'm ready. And then other things he says, Nick Rollins just had some different calls in the second half. So I like that. And then the in-house media asked another question that I don't mind their cheeseball questions because here's, here's the other thing I've learned. Jonathan Gannon doesn't go deep from the, on the unbiased members of the media. They'll just give you the 10-second answer. But the team media members – well, now he opens up to give them what they're looking for because they're fellow employees. And he was asked about now that you've had back-to-back game Mondays with Kyler Murray, what have you learned about him? Was it What is his attitude on a Monday? You've seen him after a win. You've seen him after a loss. How, how is that? What are Monday mornings like with Kyler? There's some plays in that game that he made that uh... – reason why we're in the game and then there's some plays that he's he's very critical of himself uh, he takes the arrow in the forehead he's wearing me out on a plane um, you know at night driving home this morning uh, I'm sure he wants to play tomorrow today you know what I mean but understanding that it's not about one guy it never is um, but what I've learned is he's ultra competitive and he wants to do everything that he can uh, to help our team win. And I appreciate that. But, uh, you know, the, the type of accountability that he has, um, it bleeds on to the, the rest of the team. And, and our team's been great about it. They're always good on Mondays about that, understanding that we're not where we want to be. Uh, we didn't make enough plays to get it done. And, and we show them, you know, here's things that we got to improve. This is plays that we need to make. You know, this is, you know, we got to practice a little bit better. These couple things, it's, it's our process, though, I think is correct. Just got to continue to grow and perfect that process. But as it relates to Kyler, um, just like I said, I mean, he's the ultimate pro. He takes huge accountability and that's why he is who he is. I personally have no idea right now what's going on in that locker room other than there's people in the media and I still have a couple sources left that are nice enough to talk to me to, to kind of fill me in now that the Cardinals don't want me in the locker room but I believe what what he's saying right there 
when, when he compliments Kyler. I understand Jonathan Gannon is not going to step on Kyler because either Kyler is going to prove he's the future or if he proves he's not, they're going to trade him and they don't want to downgrade their product. So either way, he's going to say nice things. I get that. I'm smart enough to see that. But I, I, I have heard things that back up. There is a different Kyler, and it sounded like that's exactly what Jonathan Gannon is saying right there. Uh, last one's a good conversation piece. Uh, Harold Balzer asked the question about, about the Cardinals and going for it in fourth down in the late game situation. I'll tell you why I like this answer in a minute, but here's Jonathan Gannon on why, go, why going for it was the right answer. Every game's a little different, um, but we got a process that we kind of use and uh, felt really good about that process where it was that part of the game. You know, obviously what goes into that, all the things that you guys know, what's going on with the offense, what's going on with the defense, time of the game, score, um, things like that. But uh, felt good about the call and just, you know, we just they made one more play than us, you know, but um, sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. But uh you know, I felt good about going for it there, and, and I know our team is behind that as well because we explained to them, here's the thought process of doing those certain things. So um, get back in the lab and go for it. But not every game is the same, you know. So <clears throat> I always tell our guys, like, there's – I'm not always going to – I'm not ever going to be always or never, you know, a, a wise man avoids all extremes. So it's somewhere in there. But with saying that, we have a process that we kind of use and stick to, and that's comforting too for me. And then, you know, you're, if you're not results-driven, then it's comforting to know and you don't really second-guess yourself. So um, I've went for, you know, on fourth downs, and they work out. But if they don't, you got to be okay with it too. Good conversation piece. Uh, he's talking about the fourth and three very early in the fourth quarter. Cardinals have the ball at the end of the third, overlaps into the fourth quarter. They switch sides. Fourth and three. If you didn't watch the game or you kind of have one of those memories where when I say it, you'll remember it. This is the fourth and three where they got two yards on the Greg Dorch play. And it's this is why this is an interesting discussion piece. He says he liked the play. Okay, so you like the play. And you do have to look at it as a coach that is losing three points in that situation worth the risk of trying to get seven. Is it worth it? Because Prater is so good. He is, you can say he's an automatic. Yes, he can miss a kick. But you can say Prater's an automatic when you're on their 23-yard line, okay? Not a 40-yard kick in the NFL. That's 41-yard. That's considered a gimme for the most part. With a kicker like Prater, it's 100% a gimme. So you're looking at, I got three points. Now, am I willing to gamble three points when I'm down by five in order to try to get the seven? For me, there's levels of disagreement. Okay, and when I say levels, here's what I mean. I would have kicked the field goal there based on my third quarter defense. I would have felt like we've made the necessary adjustments. The Texans haven't scored in the third quarter. I like the way my defense is playing. I'm going to kick the field goal. But 
it doesn't bother me that they went for it. It doesn't bother me at all. I, when I say I disagree, it's almost like, well, I don't even disagree. I just think I would have kicked the field goal because of the way my defense is playing. But I totally get it if coach is thinking of it this way. If he's thinking, A, I think I got a play that's going to work. B, I, I've been run over. My defense got run over for two quarters and was lights out for one. Well, that's two to one. And if it's two to one right now, the Texans' are, offense is doing better than my defense. So I'm not going to kick and then run the risk of the other team being able to march down the field and score a touchdown. There's still plenty of time left for the Texans to get their offense right and go march down the field and score. And if you're like me, who would have kicked the field goal, if the Texans march right down the field and score and they're up by nine points, I just blew it. Okay? I just blew it because now I'm getting the ball back with only about five, six minutes left in the game down by nine. I'm probably going to lose. So that's bad. That's really bad. So I understand why going for it. Again, I would have kicked, but I totally am not upset. Now, the play itself, this is one of the great – this is a great bar discussion for me. Did the play work? I'm being totally serious by asking that question. Did the play work? You could be screaming at me right now. Say, what do you mean did the play work? They got two yards. How do you ask if the fourth and three play work when they got two yards? Well, number one, there were people open, but the pass rush got to Kyler. Kyler didn't see it. Whenever that happens, there's a good debate, and I don't know the answer to that unless I know the play, unless I know the progressions, and unless I see the view of the all 22. That's how you know. And from that standpoint, I just know there were players open. Now, does that mean Kyler did a poor job on pre-snap read, post-snap validation? It could be on Kyler. Could it just be a human being got whipped on the offensive line and there's nothing you could do about it? Yeah, could be. And did the play work? Like, if I've got a player that wins 92% of his pass sets, and this just happened to be a play in the 8%, did I not do a good job calling the play? If I knew, and I'm going to pick on Paris Johnson for no reason, if I know Paris Johnson's better than the guy lined up across from him, and he's winning battle after battle after battle, and I call a play with the belief there's a 92% chance Paris Johnson's going to win this matchup and he doesn't win the matchup, is it a bad play call? Should I have anticipated this is going to be the 8%? I say no, not at all. Go with the odds of what you believe in in the matchups you've got in the offensive line. So the play gets a little bit blown up early on either by Kyler Murray not executing well pre-snap read post-snap validation or by the O-line just getting beat by a player that doesn't want to lose. The other team gets paid too. But Kyler steps up into the pocket. And what does Greg Dortch do? He's behind the sticks. If he catches it, it's a first down. Now to show that he's open, he steps in front of the sticks, catches a pass that's now at two yards of depth, and the play doesn't work. The play design worked. It had open receivers. The players screwed it up. And two of the players, the offensive lineman that got whipped, and I can't remember who it was, and Kyla Murray, they, in a sense, got the execution down. Dort screwed it up. So everything you compute as a coach 
work correctly. Now, Greg Dorch is an interesting issue. Every time this guy plays, like almost every time he plays, he does two things. Produces almost the whole game. And almost always does something bonehead. (laughs) Runs the wrong route. Doesn't even see the read and breaks off a route. Quarterback throws an interception that's Dorch's fault or this. It was hilarious how many times people last year told me (laughs) that all the things Greg Dorch is doing wrong. But as I laugh, who's the guy when the game's over ends up with like seven catches and 60 yards when they play him? It's Greg Dorch. So what do you do? It's really hard for a coach to say this guy produces more than just about anybody else and this guy ends up costing his turnovers more than anybody else. What do I do? And that's why you get the spotty playing time of Greg Dorch. So I thought that that was a great conversation of what do you think the Cardinals should have done and do you blame the coaches when a player decides on fourth and three, I'm going to catch a two-yard pass. It's a really good discussion. Uh, and it goes to Jonathan Gannon. I have a big beef at the end of the game, 41 seconds left. We went over it yesterday. Why are the Arizona Cardinals not coached to move and to fake the false start when there's someone in the neutral zone? Now, if you saw last night's Chiefs game, this was kind of funny, in which the Chiefs were late to react. A Texan went in the neutral zone. Then he got back across the neutral zone, and then the right tackle moved. The right tackle pointed when he was in the neutral zone. Pointing is not a false start because it doesn't simulate a snap. If you keep your legs still and all of a sudden go, like that, without moving your legs, that's still a false start because you've simulated a snap. This is not simulating a snap, so it's not a false start. Unless you have your hand in the ground. Once your hand touches the ground, you can't pick your hand up and then start pointing. But as long as your hand's not in the ground, you can point like this. He points, realizes there's no flag for a neutral zone infraction, so then he jumps up to try to get the flag. Well, after he jumped up, the defensive player's already back across the line on his side of the neutral zone. Bam. Guess what? <laughs> False start. You're too late. Just like we talked about against the Houston Texans for the Arizona Cardinals. Those are all little things uh, about it. But what the whole reason why I like that, I kind of went a little deep in the explanation, is because there's a Bill Belichickian quality to Jonathan Gannon. The number one guy that thinks a lot of analytics are stupid is Bill Belichick. Now, you might laugh and say, well, how's that working out for him the last couple of years without Tom Brady? But the point is, he looks at the game. He understands, if I go for this on fourth down and I get it, that the analytics say my, my winning uh, percentage increases dramatically. It's so worth it, we should go for it. Okay? I get the analytics. But here's the thing that's so dumb about the analytics, and I even think is dumb about the people that obsess over them, okay? If my team has zero plays of seven yards all game, all game long I've never had a seven-yard play, and analytics say I've got to go for fourth and seven right here because my chances of winning increase dramatically if I get it. And my chances of winning drop if I punt. 
So I, I got to go for this because analytics say I got to get this. All right. There's just one problem. I can't get seven yards. <laughs> it doesn't matter what the I can't get seven yards today. And then I got to look at my defense. If my defense stinks, well, then I'm darned if I do, darned if I don't. I might as well go for it. Even if I can't get seven yards, I got to get lucky one time. But if my defense is lights out and they can't get seven yards either, punt the ball. I don't care what the analytics say. Punt the ball. Because my defense will do well, and I'll try it again. It's that simple. And Bill Belichick understands that there's a game flow, there's a matchup, there's things that are successful through the game, things that aren't successful through the game. Where are you right now? And I just liked hearing Jonathan Gannon's explanation when he says, I'm not stuck to it. Again, would I have kicked the field goal? Yes. Am I bent out of shape that he did not? Not at all. Totally understand and see, see the other point of view. What I like is he's not stuck to a dogma like Cliff Kingsbury was. Cliff Kingsbury had zero idea what he was doing on fourth down. I can't explain to you how it made no sense the amount of times he kicked field goals on fourth and two with Kyler Murray from the 30, from their 30, but then turn around from his own 30, he wouldn't punt on a fourth and two. When your offense stinks other than your 7-0 run that you were on. So you're playing better teams. You've now woken them up to get them fired up to stop the fourth down. And your offense, even if you get the first down on fourth and two from your own 30, you're not good enough to drive the remaining 68 yards. You're just not that good. So what are you doing? I like to know Jonathan Gannon isn't dogma. He understands takes in the evaluation pre, uh, pre-game, uh, everything before the, uh, the week of preparation, and then sees how it plays out before he makes a decision. I like that. All right, coming up next, we got three things. Well, really, five things, because the main event and versus Vegas are included. My, my hot streak in versus Vegas may have hit a wall. Not totally. I was below average. We'll see if I bounce back today. But we got Town Hall Tuesday, and then let's talk more U of A, and I got some ASU for you as well. It's coming up. This is Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass on WTSMTV.com. Town Hall Tuesday. It's big, it's juicy, it's meaty. Get your burrito at Burrito Express. If you're having a hangover, a bad day, even a good day, still get your burrito at Burrito Express. It will make you feel better. Burrito Express started with my father about 25 years ago. He got laid off and decided that he needed to do something to provide for his family. My brother and I were older teens, 17, 18 year old, and I'm going to do a trial out of my house. So literally we decided we're going to start out of his house. So we delivered uh, menus in a square mile area, literally started delivering burritos out of our home in Mesa, Arizona. And after about a month, he said, let's do this. Went and found his first location. And believe it or not, that's how it started. We started with one location back in 1995. Now we're where we are now. That was impressive. Did you doubt Jeff Weir production? I was yelling. <laughs> it, the five seconds did help. 
Um, yesterday, I was uh, I was watching Izzy on Sports iOS, ten to noon here on WTSMTV.com, and uh, Izzy had great video of DeAndre Ayton. And if you want my uh, imitation of the DeAndre Ayton video. That was the imitation of it. Uh, there was a loose ball that rolled by DA, and he went. And then somebody ran past and picked it up and had a layup on the other end. <laughs> so I went in to tell Izzy my stat that Grayson Allen is 101st in scoring this year in the NBA. DeAndre Ayton is 104th. <laughs> That's just awesome. And how many people, oh my gosh, it used to drive me crazy. I don't understand. I will never understand. I don't know if they were just U of A fans or if they were just apologists, but so many people, especially on the old show, not as much since Unplugged, but so many people on the old show would just rip me like crazy for being so hard on DA. And I I love the human being. DeAndre Ayton is a great kid. He just doesn't have a competitive bone in his body. He just doesn't care. And it's so crazy. He's so lost in his own head. He thinks he competes hard. He legitimately thinks he competes hard and doesn't understand why anybody gets on him and thinks you're just a hater. Like if you get on him for not competing, he just thinks you're out to hate me and he doesn't even see in his own head what else is going on like all of those videos where he's in the game but standing watching everybody else uh have action he just thinks well you know people are just out there hating you know that's all he can say well i had to share that uh after i saw that video i had to share that the news i had of grayson allen 101 in scoring and deandre ayton at 104 i find that i find that funny All right, enough of me. It's time for you. Hear ye. Hear ye. Oh, yay. Oh, yay. It's time to call a town hall meeting. Here's what happens every Tuesday. Really, all throughout the week, anytime you want, you post something on Instagram, Doug Franz Unplugged. You tweet me, at Unplugged Doug, or you email me, Doug at DougFranzUnplugged.com, and then I take those put them all together, edit them up a little bit in case they're long. I throw them to Jeff Weir production, and Jeff reads anything that he is entertained by for Town Hall Tuesday. Jeff, what you got? All right. The first one I got is from uh, Noel F. Okay. And he or she says, Town Hall Tuesday. Hey, Doug. Hey, Jeff. I just wanted to say great job with the interview. I've been listening all week long. Just want... Just want to say, keep up the good work. And also, you guys need to get Jeff to talk more. He cracks me up all the time. One last thing. Any update on the Cornhole Tournament? Oh, good question. Okay. Uh, I, I, I believe it's Noel. Um, so let's start there. Number one, I totally agree that, uh, that Jeff, Weir Produ- Jeff Weir Production has the green light to talk anytime he wants. Um, I don't know if Jeff Weir Production knows that, but he has the green light to talk anytime he wants. But... I talk a lot. <laughs> it's not all that hard to jump in. So I get Jeff here, but Jeff, just in case, another reminder, <laughs> you have the right to talk anytime you want. Secondly, um, I think it's a, I was listening. I listened to the podcast a lot on my way home just to see how bad my editing was or what did I screw up so I could try to learn from. And it's a good way to critique the whole show. 
because it's really important to me that I do a good job of balancing both the audio listener only at Apple, Amazon, Google, Spotify, wherever it is you get your podcast, and the viewer on WTSMTV.com. Because those of you that are watching, you're paying money to watch. So I owe it to you to give you some kind of visual entertainment. And I want to do better in, in 2024 now that I understand what I'm doing a little bit better with more graphics, more stats, more things that come up on the screen, things like that. However, I got here because of the audio. You, you saved me. And for those of you that will never have time to watch WTSMTV.com. I still owe you my kids' college tuition. I mean, McKenna's going to college because you got me through the dark times. So I want to give you everything audio-wise, and it's easy for me on the audio side, or excuse me, on television as I sit here, to not do a good job of connecting the audio to what those of us are seeing uh, on television. So I hope I do a good job of that. Uh, And then lastly, any update on the cornhole tournament, I admit I have failed miserably and done nothing on the cornhole tournament. If you don't know what Noel's referring to, I said, that would be fun. Let's do that. Um, so let me talk to, I'd like to do it at 100 Mile Brewing Company because I think they've got a good uh, area to do it. Uh, maybe we, we ask Civlik about it. If they're interested in doing it like on a putting green or something like that, I'll talk to Sweet Lou. But uh, I love the idea of, of doing it, and I would want it to be reasonably large. So I would need a lot of you to become recruiters. And even if you're terrible at cornhole, come play anyway and have a good time. And then I'd like to turn it into a fundraiser. If you have a great charity, I'd consider doing it for that charity. For me, I'm all about military and kids. If, there, if you want me, if my heartstring is people that were willing to die for our freedom and kids who have no business fighting the fight that they have to fight for whatever it might, for whatever cause it might be. And if a couple bucks can help them out, a couple bucks to those people, like for a wheelchair ramp at a veteran's home, okay, I'd much rather help them than as much as you know this is a sacrifice pay for more beer okay Uh, i would gladly chip in so whatever we can do i think it would be great all right what's next all right the next one i've got this one is from general aaron okay he says hey doug i gotta rip you a bit for ripping jg your facts are off you said the bears versus cardinals game was week three preseason game that is incorrect Hmm. denny green was so worked up because it was a Monday night football game of week six and his Bears were undefeated. The Cardinals had them on the ropes, which was shocking, and gave the game away. Since you said you weren't here yet, we can let you off the hook. (laughs) Again, that's General Aaron. Uh, Thank you very much, uh, General Aaron. General Aaron, I would say you are incorrect. Uh Uh-oh. So sorry that you are wrong. You are the one that is confused. And I, I laugh at this because you ha- you heard what I said and didn't think about the context. So there's another part to the rant. So here's a, a longer form um, of, of the rant. The Bears are who we thought they were. That's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. Now, you have to remember what he said at the beginning of that. And this is why you're wrong, Aaron. He said, who takes the third game of the preseason like... I got to get my beeper ready. Who takes the third game of the preseason like it's... Like it's... And what he meant by saying that 
is they played the Bears twice that year. So the play that you're talking about and the rant is 100% Monday Night Football. But what I was talking about is what he said before that, is who takes the Bears, who takes the th- who doesn't take the third game of the preseason, uh, who takes it like it's bullcrap, like it's bullcrap. That's the quote because they played them in week three. They knew what a good game that was. They knew how good the Bears were. They took it seriously. They did what they needed to do. They executed their plans. Uh, let me cheat and look up what the score was. They beat the Bears 23-16 in the preseason. And they went after the Bears. And it used to be you always took game three of the preseason, like like not even a dress rehearsal. You used to play your guys into the th- almost into the fourth quarter before the wussification of America. So that's what I meant. I was explaining that he started off that speech by talking about game three of the preseason. And that's why they should have been taking it more seriously in game five. Like we can't relax. It doesn't matter that we've got a big lead and let them come back. I hope that makes sense. All right, what's next? But hey, Aaron, I always want you to rip me if I deserve it, always, because I don't care if Doug Franz is right. I care if Doug Franz Unplugged is right, and there is a difference. What's next? Doug, excellent show as always. That's nice. Hearing about your car accident and glad to hear it sounds like both people and vehicles are safe. You mentioned your back hurt afterwards, though. I do encourage you to get checked out, even if the doc doesn't recommend anything. It will be a paper trail, as sometimes injuries may not immediately show, and it will help you later if you need the other driver's insurance to pay for it down the road. And that is from Brian. Nothing else, Brian. Did you go to the doctor? I didn't. And boy, Brian, you sound smart. <laughs> you sound you sound totally smart. Uh, it's clearly not a disc issue. It's a muscular issue. And it's just a little tight. And my back's been bad for years. I played, I took high school sports too seriously. So I have about 29 broken bones. And I would say 22 or 23 of them are lower extremities. But I would keep playing on it. And what that did is it totally screwed up my back because then I'm kind of running funny. And so I got all kinds of back issues like crazy. So I think it just flared up every issue I've already got. So I am all right. The uh, um, my oldest, the 23 year old, did find a tiny scratch on the bumper. And she's she's actually works at a Nissan dealership. She looked underneath the car a little bit and said, it's okay." So I. It, the car's working, it's fine, but you're but Brian, you're right, I'm wrong. I, I exactly should have done that. All right, the next one. What do you think of the Deion Sanders hire at Colorado right now? Hmm. That's from Douglas. Douglas, you have good parents, number one. Good name. Uh you know, I, I sense some resentment though, Douglas. I sense some see ha ha <laughs> because Deion Sanders finished with a losing record. Listen. I love the job Deion Sanders did. Love it. I still love the hire of Deion Sanders. And I want you to think about what you're asking because I get, and I don't know you, Douglas, but I guarantee you, you're laughing at the way the season failed for Colorado. And you think that's funny and that shows that Deion Sanders is a failure. I think that's a terrible opinion if people think that. And the reason why is, and I just say two words, wake up. 
Do you realize how bad Colorado has been forever? Okay. Colorado has been terrible. Do you mind if I cheat? I'd like to cheat and look up Colorado and be able to tell you their record over time and, and, and what it's been for the last couple years and then be able to superimpose that versus where they are uh, right now. And the reason why I want to do that is just to let you know this is what um, Dion was against. Okay. So 2022, they are 1 and 11. All right. 2021, they are four and eight. How far back do you want me to go? I'm going to skip 2020 because the Pac-12 was dumb. Uh, 2019, three and six, one of their best seasons in uh, in years. Five and seven in 2018. That's fantastic. 2017, five and seven, but two and seven in the conference that year. 2016. Back to 2016. 2016, they had a great season. They were 10 and 4, 8 and 1 in the conference. Okay. And that's when they got drubbed by UW in the Pac 12 championship game. So you've got to go back seven years since they were any good. And he's gotten them to a five win season in year one. Now let's see how he builds upon it when he's got a whole offseason. I, I think you got to look where they were and then what they've done. And people nationally talked about Colorado like they've never talked about before. I think it was a great hire, and I'll stick with it. What's next? All right, the next one I got is from David in Montana. Okay. He says, your story about the wine fridge that you won was the funniest thing I heard all week. <laughs> Hearing Jeff Weir production laugh in the background made me laugh even harder. Cheers to you guys. P.S. If you ever wondered what I – what I would get if I went to a bar with you, mm-hmm. it would be an Arnold Palmer. I don't drink alcohol. Sorry, oh. Doug. Oh. And I have something to say about me laughing in the background. I I, I always laugh at the four-minute offense, at the end of the four-minute offense, the and finally part, because I don't know what you're going to say most of the time. <laughs> Sometimes I do. But I don't know how it picks up my laugh, because I have – you can see this – this mic here on my headphones, yeah, I, that's to talk to you to where nobody else can hear me. And okay. this mic right here is to where the audience can hear me. Okay. But I don't have any of them hot during that time. So I think somebody's put a hidden mic in here somewhere. Wow. That picks me up softly from somewhere. And okay. I, I haven't been able to find it. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I hear you laugh. And then it's obviously on air because I hear it in the podcast too. I, I do the same thing when I hear, about, hear the recording back. Yeah. And I don't know how. It's really soft though. Oh, yeah. That's funny. That's funny. Yeah. I do. Lo- I love it when uh, Jeff Weir laughs. As far as uh, David, you not drinking alcohol. I have more respect for people that don't drink alcohol than I do than people that drink yellow beer. Because if you don't drink alcohol, you're taking a stand. You're saying, this is what is right for me. If you drink yellow beer, you're saying, I have no taste buds and I just want to get drunk. I don't understand that. You, you can't actually put, listen, Bud Light, if you want to sponsor the show, go right ahead. But you can't actually drink Bud Light and say, man, that's good. There's just no way. There's you, no way you're that. I just, I don't believe it. I can drink Miller Lite and say that it's good. Bud Light doesn't taste good. Any, but anything Light anything good. with the word light or ultra in it is just dumb. It's flavored water. That's all there is to it. Okay. 
listen, we're, we're, when, <laughs> when we go today, Jeff Weir Production, I, I, I think you're a part of the camera shoot today mm-hmm. for our commercial that everybody's invited to. Anybody in the Unplugged Army that wants to be in a commercial, please stop by uh, 100 Mile Brewing Company today at 2 o'clock. But I will buy you uh, an A Mountain Amber Ale. No, I like all those beers too, but I like Miller Lite yeah, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't have it and then no. You know, I it's, like both. It's time to step up. It's uh, time. It's time. All right, what's next? <laughs> all right, the next one is from DBC. It's Dustin in Pebble Creek. Oh, okay, okay. I hate woke. I especially hate when it invades sports. I'm deep in the Florida swamp yesterday at Duffy Sports Bar in Boca Raton. I was embarrassed by my cards, but not because they suck. <laughs> but because the players were wearing kumbaya stuff on their helmets. Teams that do that are never any good. It's a jinx. If you ever get a Cardinal press pass, please ask what inspire change and it takes all of us is supposed to mean. Hmm. Dustin, I, uh, boy, this is, Dustin, I'm, I'll just be point blank. I'm, I'm worried about you. I'm worried about you. Because on the one hand, what what does it what does it matter you know what i mean uh, how can you be offended by a phrase inspire change or the phrase it takes all of us does that make sense it when you say i hate woke what what's what's wrong like how is it a threat to you And I would also say there's way too many white people in our country that think blacks just follow some kind of train of thought or something. That they just sit there and they follow along a path that Jesse Jackson has led or everybody that says this about black history or black culture, every single black person follows that exact same thing. There are plenty of individuals in that all the time. And that's really important to understand. And so if somebody says inspire change on the back of their helmet, Dustin, I'm not trying to be a jerk to you, and this is going to sound personal. It's not. You're being an idiot if you think the words on the back of somebody's helmet affects the outcome of a game. Never in a million years is that going to affect the outcome of a game. So that's number one. Get that out of your head. Number two, I want to ask you a difficult question, Dustin, and I'm being totally serious when I ask you this difficult question. If you were sitting at lunch by yourself and somebody who's black sat down beside you or next to you, I think you're the type of guy that would have a conversation. I think you're the type of person that wouldn't think two seconds about the fact that somebody that's black sat next to you. But I am worried about you in this case. Dustin, what happens if at the end of the table, six guys that are all black sat down at the table? Are you the type that would get nervous? If you are, that means there's something in your heart that says something bad is going to happen because these people are sitting here. I I want that to leave you. I I want that feeling to go away. I don't want you to think like that. I, I have, listen, are, are there racist black people? Absolutely there are. 100% there are. But that doesn't give you the right 
to individually look at somebody and assume you know what's about to happen. It shouldn't be like that, Dustin. I, I mean, this is the kind of thing that leads you down a path of total darkness that you can't get out of. And it's really important to me that, that you don't think like that. It's really, really important to me. So this, this woke phrase that has a, a certain percentage of the population scared to death, why shouldn't we be talking about the atrocities that have happened in, in our country's history? We should, we should acknowledge them and understand them. That does not mean in any way that current generations should be blamed for those atrocities. If there are people that are making excuses about their life now based on something that happened 200, 300 years ago, okay, that's another discussion. It's a totally different discussion. But to not acknowledge banks were redlining and saying, I'm not going to loan money into this part of town, or I'm not going to loan money here, when people had the exact same you know, FICA scores as somebody else did. Why? Because they were afraid? Because they didn't want to see growth? And then do your homework on what happened in Tulsa and the race uprisings in Tulsa that are horrible, that ended generational wealth with no recourse whatsoever. That happened. And if we try to hide and bury our head in the sand from it, we're not learning from it. And that's the greatest mistake that we can make as a society. There's a way. And if that's what inspire change means to that person, that's fantastic. Let me ask you this, Dustin. If I had if I had every opinion I've ever given you before in the past, every single time, and I have said everything I've always said in the history of Doug Franz Unplugged, and you loved everything, but I had a sign behind me that said, stop hate, am I a different person? I don't think so. I... I believe so much that this is the greatest country in the history of, of, of mankind. That will never leave me. Doesn't mean we're perfect. Doesn't mean we haven't screwed up. And as long as people want to change the country from the framework that we're already the greatest ever, and that's why we can be better, man, I'm with you. I am totally with you. If you're the type of person that is of the feeling we're a horrible country and, and, and people are terrible people and all of this change needs to happen because we're terrible, then I would say, well, then go change another country. That's why you're free. You can go change somebody else's country. But if you're in the opinion this is already the greatest and you want to help make it better, then I'd like to walk behind you. What's next, Jeff Weir Production? All right. One more. We've got, this is from Mike. Okay. I've heard this is legal, but it seems like a bad rule. In the Cardinals game, why were the Texans allowed to change their mind and accept the offensive pass interference against the Cardinals to make it third and 15 after first declining it, and then the Cardinals showed they were going to go for it on fourth down and five? This seems like undoing a move in a board game after you take your hand off the piece. Come on. <laughs> if Jeff Weir Production is getting his daughter into golf, I have a small starter set of junior clubs oh. just collecting dust in my shed. 
glad to donate them uh, to get another kid into the game. Wow! Mike, I really do appreciate that, but I actually bought her a starter set a couple of years back okay. that have just been sitting there, and I'm <laughs> waiting for her to grow into them because they were a little big when I bought them. Oh, but well, thank you. I appreciate that, Well, that's Mike. awesome. That's awesome. Good idea there. Okay, back to your the answer to your question on that. Um, I am totally with you. I believe I understand the rule. So let me explain what I think is the rule. I believe you have up until the referee starts the play clock to change your mind. Okay, you can't change your mind. Hey, I see that they're getting ready to snap it and they're going to fake it. I now want to go back. Can't do that. But what happened is it's sitting there. It's going to be a fourth and five. So since it's going to be a fourth and five, Cardinals are going to go for it. They're talking to the Texans. Texans decline the penalty. It gets announced that they're declining the penalty. And then as the Cardinals are keeping their offense on the field, but before the referee has started the time clock, then the coach says, no, 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 I I want to take the penalty. I want to take the penalty. Since the play clock hadn't started yet, and think about it, it never does. The referee talks about the play, gets the word that you want to decline it, announces it to everybody, we're going to decline it. Then everybody moves uh, back into their positions, referees as well. There's a couple, now there's usually about 10, 15 seconds before the play clock starts after all that happens. You can change your mind within that time. So the play clock essentially is the hand being taken off the yes piece. yes to my knowledge now here's what i don't remember and i want to be clear here i don't remember if the referee started the play clock and then they changed their mind if they did i don't think they can do that and i think the referees blew it but i think they got the call right in allowing them to change their mind but i agree with you totally that should be changed that the rules should be once you say it it's done you've declined it we're moving forward not just because it's cheese ball but also i would say just to speed up the game i mean that's another delay okay well you're not going to take the penalty okay fourth and five teams running on the field here we go no 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 i changed my mind now you got to announce that we changed our mind now we've got to mark the ball back 10 yards now we've got to call it third and 15 here we go you know, things like that. I don't I don't like all that. That's a waste of time. So I think the NFL should change the rule just to speed up the game. All right, what's left? Uh, I, for, I, I forgot we had one more. Okay. I, I just had to scroll down a little bit. This is from uh, Lieutenant Andrew. Okay. It is now a little over a week from the interview with Meniger. What stands out to you? Any new opinions or stronger convictions? Wow. I thought it was very interesting. Listened all week, multiple downloads a day. Uh, Lieutenant Andrew, thank you uh, very much for that. Um, I, I didn't anticipate somebody asking me my opinion on on everything, especially after about a week to uh, to think about it. Um, I think my number one opinion, and I'm going to be very careful in saying it because I don't want to expose anything. I have received word that there are multiple current Cardinals employees that haven't talked to Ron Miniger in years and reached out to him to say thank you. That's the highest compliment I could get, I could ever receive. Um, it's a courageous thing what Ron Miniger did. Again, and I said this last week, it's not firefighter courageous. It's not police courageous. It's not military courageous. But anytime you totally step out of your comfort zone for the benefit of somebody else and do something you really don't want to do, 
that does fall under the lap of courageous. And to see that rewarded, to see people feel like their lives are better off because of what Ron Miniger did, I, I think that is really special. Secondly, um, I guess my, my, my other takeaway would be I, I, I hope those people that work for the Cardinals understand that they're valuable and you don't deserve to be treated that way. And I can't imagine the thrill and the prestige of working for an NFL team. That's really cool. And I bet there's a lot of people in that office that you really care about, and that's why you haven't left, because you want to get through this dark time. But I would just say, please keep in mind, you owe the Cardinals nothing. You've already given to the Cardinals everything that you can. And if they don't respect that, then go somewhere where you're respected. Uh, I'm not talking, I mean, you take back control. You have that power. You could all have a mass walkout one day and say, you know what, if there, if there isn't real change, I'm out. And the Cardinals keep claiming real change has happened. Okay? Well, I would, I would challenge the Cardinals on that. I don't know. I can't prove it. But with the number of people that have reached out to Ron Miniger who are current employees, why do they need to reach out? Why do they feel that? If things were really that different, why would they reach out? You explain that. So you, you're kind of lying to yourself once again, if that's the case. Um, and lastly, I would say I, I hope I've done a good job reporting from the beginning of this is the Cardinal side of things. This is the Terry McDonough side of things. I guess my number one biggest takeaway is what a sham the NFL is. That the NFL has zero courage to do what's right as they try to hold over the players that they do. They try to lord it over the players that they represent society. There's got to be repercussions for your actions, and it's a, it's a privilege to play in the NFL, so we need to hammer you for DUIs. We need to hammer you for domestic violence issues. We need to do all of these things to you as a player because you can't do this. But when owners do it, we're going to slow play arbitration cases. We're not going to care if owners are misogynistic or treating people in a dishonest way. We're not going to care if an owner cheats, but we're going to drop the hammer if Tom Brady cheats, things like that. The only thing I I could take away from this as of now is the hypocrisy of the NFL. And if they're not going to do anything about it, then it takes little guys like me to, to have the courage to call them out. And I wish more members of the media would do it. Here's something that shows you how sad it is. Boy, I, you, Andrew, I, I'm kind of screwing the whole show right now. I'm on a roll now. I didn't think about this, about this. Do you realize that nobody in the national media has run with the story of Ron Miniger? They all know it. Anybody who's been covering The Athletic, ESPN, Pro Football Talk, all of these big-name media outlets know that Ron Miniger was on Doug Franz Unplugged and WTSMTV.com. Most of them have watched it for background information that they didn't know, yet they didn't write anything about it. Are they scared of the NFL? What are they worried about? Why didn't they go there? They didn't have the courage to say... I want to do what's right for the Cardinals employees because they only want to write those articles if there's a lot of bang for their buck, if they look good in doing it. But ESPN so far hasn't written an article on anything that we talked about. Why? Because they didn't discover it. 
so they can't claim the credit. So why then bring it up? They're not in it for the best interests of employees and the people that don't have somebody fighting for them. That's what media used to be about. And sadly, it's not. Uh, boy, Andrew, that was I, I hope I answered your question well, because I <laughs> I thought that was going to be like a 30 second answer. And I went on a roll. Um, let's jump into. Uh, can I have some fun? U of A fans, this is going to be the greatest thing you've ever heard. Let's have some fun here. In the benefit of U of A fans and, and making fun of a friend. Can I have CKD five, please? Jeff Weir production. Will you play me CKD five? And Jeff, you probably haven't focused on this at all. But while you're listening to CKD5, I just want you to hit play, and then I want you to try to absorb what he says here, okay? Here we go. Right, you win nine different plays in the game, right? Nine times seven, right? 64. You all know that trick? Boom, 64, right? So it's pretty clean. Yeah, I don't know that trick. I've never seen that trick. You know why you've never seen it? Because it doesn't exist. Because nine times seven is 63. <laughs> But what was the finger? I don't. <laughs> I don't know the finger thing. I think what he means is, if you don't know this, and I don't know how to do it on my fingers, but whenever you multiply single digits by nine, the ones place goes down one, and the tens place goes up one. So, so he has six fingers on the left and three on the right. Yeah, so you can just manipulate it, and you end up with sixty-three. And I think he got confused by sticking his thumb out. <laughs> So it's supposed to be, this is the six over here, and here's the three. So you go like that, I think. But just the fact that he said, now, I totally took it out of context to rip a friend. Because the next person starts asking a question, and then Kenny goes, wait a minute, wait a minute. Nine times seven is 63. It's 63. How did none of you bust me on that? And then he's laughing about it. So he clearly caught himself. He got it right. But U of A fans, since he's an ASU grad, I had to give you a gift. Because I figured you had to love that. And imagine anything in the nation. Like if any, could you imagine Nick Saban saying that going into the Iron Bowl? It would have been national news. People would have been going crazy. And I just thought that was so funny. And it was when he caught himself, there was sheer embarrassment. So that was uh, that was entertaining. Um, speaking of that, I'll, I'll get into more of the ASU U of A stuff tomorrow. We're going to save a, a lot of it. But will you give me CKD3 right now? And the reason why I want to play CKD3 is I, I this is such a simple breakdown of Fafita. But if you're a U of A fan, I think you're going to like this because it really shows why your season has changed. And if you're an ASU fan, you'll understand what you're up against in the Territorial Cup. So, Coach, what have you seen that's really changed about U of A since Fafita's taken over? More consistent, and he doesn't take sacks. He's hard to sack. So when you're hard to sack, it sounds like such a fundamental thing. You can throw the ball deep more because you're not going to take sacks. When you're easier to sack at quarterback, right, you can't take shots more because if you complete a shot at a 40% rate, you're really, really good. If you call two shots, right, or 10 shots in a game and you complete four of them, right, for and you complete those for 35 yards apiece, you're going to keep calling the shots unless three to four of those shots are sacks. So when you don't get sacked like he's not getting sacked, when you move around and prevent those negatives like he's doing, it allows you to call the game so aggressively and without fear 
that you're going to have more explosive plays offensively. Those explosive plays and those shots are going to open up the run game. So I think what he's doing right now at such a high level is he's not turning the ball over and he's not taking sacks. And those little two things that seem like they're just small pieces of his puzzle, that's what's allowing him to run the ball. That's what's allowing him to take shots. And if you can run the ball, if you can take shots, that's what allows you to throw the ball quickly to wide outs on wide receiver screens. So right now they have great balance. I believe it all starts with the ability to run the ball and play action shot. And his ability to make people miss and not take sacks allows them to take more play action shots. Just really simplistic. And that's what I that's what I liked about that explanation because sometimes we overcomplicate football. And it's so, such a simple answer of, listen, most college offenses cannot pull off a 13-14 play touchdown drive. They'll turn it over. They'll have a holding penalty. They'll screw something up. They'll have a delay a game. Something will happen in 13 or 14 plays that gets them behind the sticks and off schedule and they end up having to kick a field goal or punt or they just flat out turn the ball over. And he's saying they don't have to go through a 14-play drive because they convert most of their de- or some of their deep shots. And they might only convert the same percentage of deep shots that everybody else does. But since their deep shots don't end in sacks, they take more deep shots than everybody else. Convert the same percentage, but it's really simple. If you take 10 deep shots versus five deep shots, it doesn't matter that you're only converting 40% of them. What matters is you've converted four instead of two. Because you took more. I like that rundown. I don't know if, if if you cared about what he had to say. Coming up, this is the only station in Arizona that's got six hours of local sports programming every single weekday morning. I take you to 8 o'clock, and then the main event with Steve McCollum comes in. How was uh, how was Dale Hellestray's uh, uh, event yesterday? Did everything go okay? What? Oh, Hello! I said, how was Dale Hellestray's event? It was, it was good. Oh, good, 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 good. Sorry, and, I didn't, wasn't paying attention to time, and I was complaining. Oh, what, what about what, what, li- what else is new? Yeah, is, li- is life rough? Do you want to open up? Is everything no, all right? No, no. Okay, no, okay. Def- definitely not. Okay, okay. Um, so well, how, was, how was your day? Was, was it good before whatever the complaint started? Good yeah, morning. Yeah, all my days are good, man. Oh, good. Yeah, good, good. So, uh, for you, what's today's main event coming up? What's uh, what's uh, what's got uh, you going? We, we close out the football week. Jerry Jones is finally doing it. We'll get Dale's opinion of uh, putting the big ball, old ball coach in the in the Hall of Fame. There, uh, he's finally swallowing his pride a little bit. I, that's this is one of the great conversations ever. Jerry Jones is a Hall of Famer, and yet. He's the, the worst general manager in the history of football. But he's not in for general manager. Because he's never fired his general manager. But, but even as an owner, here's the thing. As an owner, are you really that good of an owner if you've never figured out your general manager's terrible? But no, we but know what he's done no. for the business of football. Yeah, well, that's, that's why he's in. Yes, because, I, I mean, he's, he's suited. He got Pepsi in there. He expanded the sponsorship oh, opportunities for the NFL. Right. He had a suit to do that. 
stadium wise, right? right? He owns all of that stuff. He's increased his value kajillion dollars. Yep. But don't forget, he's also figured out that if you go well, back in the day, if you go eight and eight, and every couple years you make a playoff push, you make a lot of money. <laughs> and he was the guy that figured that out as well. And uh, you know, and well, remember uh, for those million. three years, he went like five and eleven, three years straight. Remember Dave Campo and yeah, stuff like yeah. that. Well, I mean, that was that, that was the dark days where that's where he thought he was the smartest guy on the yeah, planet. Yeah, he's kind of backed off of that now. Now he's just happy eight and eight. I mean, Jason Garrett, you know, was a media, mediocre yeah, head coach, but he yeah. kept him around for eight years. Why? Because he was always in the playoff on. Did yeah. they make it some years? Yes. Did they make it some years? No. But he made a lot of money in that time frame. So nobody would ever say this, and I'm not really saying it, but this is like one of those opinions you just throw out to make people think. But no, I don't believe it. But if if we were arguing greatest coach of all time, no one's going to ever say Jimmy Johnson. But too I will, short. Too I, short of a time yep, frame. But I will say this. He was so good that Barry Switzer won a Super Bowl. I mean, that's, <laughs> no, yeah. that's pretty legendary yeah. to be able no, to do that. Well, it's been it's because you have the likes like Don Shula, the longevity, right? Bill yeah. Belichick, the longevity and winning. Yeah. Uh, so that's why he's not considered in that. Um, you know, and if he would have gone to Miami and had even just two or three successful years, he would be considered. But he failed miserably at Miami because he was too busy. You know, retire. He was retired at that point. Yeah. I don't his fishing boat and all that right the other thing is um, we're going to talk about today joe burrow man like it's time to start talking about him in the andrew luck category interesting he's getting well it's always been a concern he's getting sacked a lot but his injuries are mounting every year yeah something comes up and he gets hit a lot he gets sacked a lot leads the league in sacks most years uh it's time to start focusing on joe burrow being in that andrew luck category where i'm not saying he's going to hang it up early but yeah. another two three years like this he ain't going to be able to play anymore because of his injuries that's so, a fantastic conversation. Uh, kind of a thing i've been thinking about lately and and the, i do you i don't like a lot of times with if you you take too many sacks i'm looking at the quarterback what's wrong with your pre-snap no, read how did you not know your hots yeah, things like that this is offensive line <laughs> i am totally with you and i'll even go a step further even though you're agreeing with me and saying the same thing i'm going Bengals gm problem that yes. you have a player that's a generational talent yeah. and that first year they put him behind matadors it was yeah. just awful uh, and so yeah. i'm kind of with you i think the injuries i think standard hits that he's taken now are taking more of a toll because they're add-on to the hits yeah. he took a long time well, ago. That, and that's, I think that's where he's getting his injuries from now, right? You. Is because it's a culmination of, of hits over the years. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's time to start talking about that. I looked up some stats. I was doing all that because I was thinking about that angle. Uh, and it's alarming. We could lose one of the best young quarterbacks in the league. Again, like Andrew Luck. All because a general manager does not put money into the offensive line. And it's just, yeah. how did you not learn this from the Colts situation? Because they Peyton Manning, the reason why his career, he had to have that neck surgery and he ended up going to Denver in his career. He wasn't that great in Denver, but he won a Super Bowl, was because they didn't put money in that offensive line and he got hurt, badly hurt in that situation. And we're seeing the same thing in uh, Cincinnati. It's a shame if we are. It's just uh, downright embarrassing. To ah, with that, you. That's, a, uh, that's a very solid opinion. I'm interested These in that. These are the things that go through my head on a Monday night when I'm watching the uh, Chiefs players drop off. By the way, you said earlier you weren't aware of that 
Where have you have you not been watching the Chiefs this year? Because every game their receivers cannot catch. It is embarrassingly bad. And then my favorite part was um, Mahomes goes to the sideline and throws some stuff up to the crowd, and they drop the stuff. <laughs> now I will tell. Well, first of all, I I've seen most of the Chiefs games, and I've like I've noticed it. But to actually, but I did not know dead last or yeah, in a sense first. Twenty one. Um, I think I saw the stat. Twenty one percent of his throws are drops, meaning. They hit the receivers in the hands of yeah. their catchable balls, and they drop them. 21% yeah. now, to a guy that throws it into the perfect catching position 99% of the time. It's downright embarrassing. I will tell you, I worked for a, a station in Kansas City, and this idea got shot down. <laughs> but I was appalled going to Royals games and, and, and legitimately thought, these are the worst defensive fans in baseball history. Like I could, they're good baseball yeah. fans, and they can't catch. So I wanted to have an event at the stadium where we were going to hit fungos into the crowd and give out prizes for people yeah. that could make catches. And the station freaked out. The Royals freaked out. No, there's going to be injuries, they, they insurance. Already, they, already have, they already have that, though. It's called T-shirt toss. Yeah, exactly. Look how many they people. They had no problem doing it when it's a T-shirt toss. <laughs> Look how many people drop the T-shirts when they get them. Exactly. People fight over them for, exactly. a, for an extra small T-shirt. Or a. Or or the beat up hot dog from the hot dog. Gun. Yeah, that's what. That's how you gotta phrase it. Is uh, we'll do we'll do our own t shirts yeah. and we'll get prizes if they catch it it'll, in the air. It'll just be baseballs. <laughs> it was it was like they shot that down. They were so mad, and then fans got mad at me for yeah. calling them bad defensive fans. Yeah. Now I never thought of the Savannah Bananas rule that if the fan catches it, you're out. Yeah, I think that's fantastic, right? <laughs> Uh, Major League Baseball, you know, they're worried about two seconds off the, the clock to speed up the game because seven minutes creaked in at the end. Uh, yeah, adopt some of those Savannah, Savannah banana rules, man. Oh, my gosh. Could you imagine when fans dive for a ball and, like, one – like, can you call it? Like, one guy says, I got yeah, it. He's under no, the club the and some other guy tries to knock him over to no, get the ball. That's what would make it even better because they always fight over it. So then if they do – the kid, or if you have a baby in your hand and a, and a beer and yeah. you catch it. Oh, yeah. It should be double. It should be double. Two it should outs, be over. That's a double play. Player yeah, yeah, innings over. Triple automatic play. Innings over. Yeah, I mean, I just laugh at the, the when we would get mad at the the latest Steve Bartman because yeah. we would be mad at some fan dropping a ball in the ninth inning and the Diamondbacks lose. Now. Yeah, it's like, and the Cardinals uh, lost Kazir White for four weeks at least. So that's a huge loss for that defense. You're right. You're right. going on tonight no nhl games i didn't see any nba game that i liked at all uh, i'll check one more time just in case i missed one but i was in shock at how little is going on today and why aren't there any nhl games that like i, I don't know what the nhl is taking the night off for but anyway i'm a little worried hopefully i can restart the streak but I had a one and two day yesterday. I've had one one and two day in the last, I don't know, four weeks or whatever. So it drops my little streak right now to 51 and 35. So I'm gonna, I'm not gonna say I'm on a heater anymore, but I was rolling pretty good. Overall, I'm 1045, 946 and seven with my one and two day. I said Denver, and both of the teams that I picked to cover won, but didn't cover. That's just annoying. 
I said Denver would win by nine over Detroit with both teams on a back-to-back. Dead wrong. Denver only won by four in that one. And I said Golden State would easily handle Houston with the Rockets on the back end of the back-to-back. So I took Golden State minus seven. Golden State won by five. So I got crushed on that one. And uh, I did get positive juice, however. I took New Orleans without the points. They were the underdog, and I took them on the money line. So I got positive juice on the one game I got right. New Orleans beat Sacramento 129-93. to So that was uh, uh, about it. Today, uh, it's it's not good. I like uh, Western Michigan is getting two and a half. And I'm going to tell you, I don't even need that. So I'm going to go Western Michigan. That way I get positive juice. I'll take them on the money line without the two and a half. They're home against Bowling Green. That's my uh, my Mid-American Conference special is that one. I don't know who's going to win the Eastern Michigan uh, Buffalo game. So it's almost always, almost always Buffalo. So if you want kind of a sure bet, go for Buffalo on the money line. The problem is it's minus 200 juice, and I'm, I'm not giving you that on uh, – on minus 200 juice. And then uh, let me see what this line is for there's one game in the NBA that I kind of think we would have a little bit of an advantage on, and that's Toronto at Orlando. Two points. Uh, yeah. I'm not going to take it. I'm not going to take it. Toronto on the money line looks good. But I'm not gonna put uh, I'm not gonna put my money on it. Jazz plus seven and a half, that looks good. But I'm not gonna put my money on it. And the Suns minus thirteen, that seems a little steep with the way that they've been playing lately. But I think they might embarrass DeAndre Ayton. I think they're gonna go right at Da. I see foul trouble for Da tonight. Uh, but the only game I like. Western Michigan on the money line at Bowling Green. All right, that does it for today's version of Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Uh, Number one, Dustin, I hope you don't feel like I dropped the hammer on you because I love you and I want you to see the light. Number two, today, commercial shoot, 100 Mile Brewing Company, Rural Road, Scottsdale Road, which is the same road, and the 202, where all of those combined go through the Macayos parking lot, white building with cornhole, 2 o'clock today. Not a sanctioned event, but I'd love to have extras. I'd love to have you be a part of the commercial, having a beer with me, to, you know, doing the fake talking thing as we sit at the table, things like that. Izzy but, and I will both be present. Oh, great. So come see Jeff Weir Production and Izzy as well and uh, enjoy some time with us and kind of have a an early happy hour if you can escape and be a part of the commercial. I'd really appreciate it it would because we want to film it at a time where people aren't eating lunch because we don't want to bother the staff and be in the way of people that don't want to be on camera so that's why we don't want to do it at lunchtime and because izzy's on until noon it'd be kind of hard of jeff weir production and izzy to get there at lunchtime however by two o'clock then now we have an emptier restaurant which is good that we're not in somebody's way but it's terrible for a commercial. Hey, come see this empty restaurant. You know what I mean? That looks dumb. So I'd love to have you come out and be a part of it. And uh, and if you can, 
find a way to get there at 2 o'clock today. And even if you can't get there by 2, but you can get there by 2.15, you can get there by 2.30, do it, okay? Because we're not going to be done shooting by then, so we'd love to have you. If you're hungry, of course, think of 100 Mile Brewing Company. But you know the rundown of the fantastic restaurants that are part of the Unplugged Army. The first ever sponsor is Bell's Nashville Kitchen. They're on Main Street in Old Town Scottsdale. They are so easy to find. It's literally 50 yards from the corner of the street of Main Street at Scottsdale Road. So I mean this far east. That's not 50 yards, but you get the point. This far east on Scottsdale or off of Scottsdale Road on Main Street. You can also go Rosati's Sports Bar. They're in Chandler at Ray and McQueen. There's Rosati's all over the city. They're not in the Unplugged Army. Only the Rosati's at Ray and McQueen is there. And hey, if you've ever wanted to own a restaurant, I think I know a guy who might get you involved with that Rosati's. I just threw that out there. Then, I don't know if I was allowed to say that. Then uh, you can also eat a Burrito Express. Seven locations across the east side. Love to have you be a part of that as well. If you've never had their breakfast burrito, it is a got to. It is a got to. And then, I think this is the perfect time to call Parker and Sons Heating, Cooling, Plumbing, and Electrical. Ask them about a tankless water heater. We went tankless, and it was such a smart decision. You can literally see the savings, and when you have people visiting and staying at the house, you never run out of hot water. How many times have you run out of hot water in your house, especially if you've got two teenage daughters? Never happens with a tankless water heater. Go tankless. Call 6022-REPAIR. That's 602, the number two, then R-E-P-A-I-R for Parker and Sons. All right, great Christmas present is to become a member, a plus member at Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Go to unplugged at whirlwind.com, unplugged at whirlwind.com to learn more. You can either sign up monthly, you can sign up for a year, but you can cancel any time that you want if you're a, mem- a Whirlwind Plus member to make it fit your budget. Just go to unplugged at whirlwind.com. The main event is up next. I'll see you at 2 o'clock.